In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The CIA secretly funded the medical experiments through a front in New York City called, of all things, the Society for the Protection of Human Ecology. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, too. This is a conspiracy indoctrination program. Co-Induct-Pro. In this broadcast, we will be examining the strange, deranged, unexplained, and unsolved. Some topics will be rooted in conspiracy, others shrouded in mystery. Connections will be made and agendas exposed. So prepare your mind, because the indoctrination begins now. up everybody welcome back to the conspiracy indoctrination program co-indoc pro we're your hosts i'm jake luke and the other jake the better jake not even the smarter jake (laughs) no no (laughs) yeah the one that got an a in math in the workplace while this jake got a b well there was a reason for that you probably got an a in auto tech too i don't even know if i did you just didn't show up for auto tech? Sometimes I didn't. Still pass, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I know nothing more about mechanics or anything, so. I remember thinking, hey, I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to take Russian. And then it was off <gasps> campus and it was at Boise High. Really? Yeah, there was only one place and it was at Boise High. And I was like, mm, I don't want to drive down there every day. <laughs> You wouldn't have fit in. That was the yeah. fancy school. No. Boise High? No. I the, ours? No, I think uh, Timberline. Yeah, that they was were later. The fancy ones. That was later, yeah. Yeah. I think Boise High was kind of like all the North Enders before it was cool. Yeah. Speaking of which, the thing that sucks about this place getting bigger, all the cool stuff's gone, man. I was driving around yesterday, had to drop the enforcer off at a thing, and so I was coming back out of downtown, and it's like, Myrtle Street Morgue is gone, the yep. venue's gone, yep. JD and Friends is gone, yep. Bogies is gone. Mm-hmm. All those were cool. What was the other one? There was one other one. The we, Grove Street. Grove Street. That was a Bugs House. Well. Bugs House is still there, but... Yeah. Some lame is living in it now. Nobody that brings in good shows. Yeah, no more shows on dirt floors. Yep. I remember going to... I can't remember what... It was... Poison the Well was playing, but it was in high school. But Poison the Well was playing, but we didn't see them. We came... I think after. Walls of Jericho... I can't remember. Played that, too. I just know we showed up late in the other... I thought Poison the Well had already played, and yeah, I don't remember who it was, but I just remember it was it was like a school night, and mm. what was the big band that played there? Jimmy Eat World or something? Oh they yeah, played there in his little tiny. Then the next time they came through, they played at the Pavilion. Yeah, 
Yep. Chameleon. We played with big bands. Yeah. At the venue. We did. Played with a lot of them. We played with that band that uh, the singer was wearing the backpack. Remember that? Which one? Oh, uh, shit. I just thought of it the other day. Oh, Between the Buried and Me. Oh. And their singers are in the backpack, and we were like, what the hell are you doing, dude? He was like the the singer for Basement. He used to wear a backpack. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. About Between the Buried and Me. For some reason, I don't know why it jumped in my mind, but I was thinking about that show that we played in Payette with Manville. Oh, at uh, the Sundance? Yeah, dude. And that really drunk Mexican dude, remember? He got oh, like wicked yeah. hammered and he kept he kept standing around Manville and he was like buying all their merch. He like bought like all their shirts. He bought all their, like whatever they had for sale. And then he was like standing out there dancing and he fell over <laughs> and he knocked over the, the monitor. Remember that? I think, it was before we yeah, played. Vaguely. Like, and I remember thinking to myself, like, dude, that dude's gonna wake up tomorrow with all this Manville merch and be like, <laughs> "What does this what mean? Did I do last night?" Because they had that shirt with a, it was like all those dudes, yeah, together, and they were like not wearing shirts. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was one of their shirts, and that guy bought one of those. Yep, that was when uh, was Levi still singing for him then? I think so. Okay. And then yeah. the stage was like 20 really feet high in the up. Air. <laughs> There's a little plastic chain in the front to yeah. keep you from falling off. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we didn't get all reckless on the on the stage like we did at the bomb shelter when I knocked almost knocked the bass cab over. Mm-hmm. I think oh, I almost yeah. knocked over Tony's drums too. I remember. <clears throat> at the venue, we jumped off the bass cab and <laughs> ate <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah, because they had those, they had like the little steps going up yeah. to the main part of the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I busted a string too oh, in the middle yeah. of the song, and I didn't have I anything, that. and I had to get your keys out of the back of the cab, <laughs> run out to the, run out to the S ten, oh, then knock on the door, went for the security guy to open up the side door. I forgot about that. <laughs> Fucking amateur hour. Yeah, we just keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i went out and got the i went out and got the black bass because i was playing the oh, walnut that one yeah because the enforcer had bought me that sg bass oh, yeah. and i broke it like the first the first show i broke the the patch cord part of it oh it was yeah. on the front the input, yeah yeah on the input and i That's stepped right. in it and it cracked the whole thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was a that was a sweet bass too yeah I still like, have it? No, it got stolen when our house got broken into. Oh, shit. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. Some dick out there <laughs> broke into my house, stole my base, my camera, and the enforcer's purse. Holy shit. Yeah. Fucking animals. Savages, <laughs> dude. But it was, had the base been fixed at that point? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. But still, come on. Doesn't matter, dude. You entered my domicile. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. Anyway, so sorry about that, people. We're uh, we're back for another episode. We just went down memory lane, forgot that you guys were here. Yeah. Um, well, there's other people here? You might notice a little difference in the sound tonight. That's because the pool table is gone. 
It is gone in pieces. So we got a card table here. <clears throat> we didn't realize how much the pool table was absorbing sound. Yep. yep. Big time. So started so, doing a little dress rehearsal here, and it was like... Lots of bouncing around here. So next week, we're going to build a blanket fort. Yep. Blanket fort. <laughs> and we're going to have... The new standard in podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to change our name to Blanket Fort. <laughs> Blanket Fort Story Time. And it's everybody's bad breath in this thing. Yeah. You know, I went and picked up a so. coffee on the way over, so coffee breath. Everybody. He's got normal dog we shit got two, breath. Yeah, so. we got two beef sticks here, Luke, so put one down and you'll have beef stick breath. <laughs> then we'll have the mix. We'll have shit breath, coffee breath, and beef stick breath. Anyway, so uh, thank you to all the listeners out there um, that left reviews on Spotify and then also on Apple. We appreciate it. Shout out to Wretched One who left an actual comment on Apple because I guess that's one of the only platforms you can actually leave a comment on. So appreciate that, Wretched One, whoever you are, dude. Can you read it? I could, but then I'd have to pull it up and no. But it's a good review. So cool. so far, everybody's been uh, leaving us good stuff. And then we've got some more listeners internationally that we'd like to welcome. The Canadians up north. Hey. hey. Beauty having you guys on here. Take off, you hoser. And then uh, <laughs> we have a listener in Romania. One in Australia now, so good down eye. under, mate. Good eye. Yeah, that's cool. And then uh, we got one in Russia, which is probably Putan. Duh. Because we mentioned the, the P word, so he's probably listening in. Nostrovia. Getting ready to <laughs> drop a freaking dirty bomb on my house. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks to all the listeners out there and everybody yeah. that left some uh, reviews. We really appreciate it. Very and, cool. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to keep bringing you guys some cool stuff. So, in big news this week, before we get into part two of Chemtrails... Pandemic's over, Fauci said. <laughs> Slow clap. Fauci said the pandemic's over, everybody. But speech, speech, <laughs> speech. <laughs> but I did see that the JB Joe Biden administration is trying to still get that mask mandate reversed so that when you're traveling on airplanes and stuff, you gotta wear that mask. Neat. Makes total sense. Everybody's been flying on planes for years without masks, and sometimes you get sick. Yeah. Well, and here's another thing that when you watch the dimming, Dane Wigington's uh, geoengineeringwatch.org documentary about geoengineering and chemtrails, you will see that when you fly, you're actually breathing in air from that's recirculated from the outside, so. A lot of he talked about in the documentary that mm-hmm. a lot of um, pilots and flight flight crews and stuff like that end up with all this crazy sickness from flying through those trails or those mm-hmm. confluent layers. Yep. So maybe you do want to wear a mask. Maybe you want to wear a Sea Bernie filter like Avon gas mask. Yeah, that would work. Keep that keep that shit out of your lungs. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, that's all I had. What do you guys got? 
nothing really on this line. So, I mean, we can jump into the stuff. I mean, I was just gonna kind of, what is the word? Uh, when you go off topic, shit your pants. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Digress. Yeah, there we go. I did see a thing about, uh, well, a bunch of scientists now agree. I just saw the headline that, you know, humans probably came from an asteroid. Oh, so it all started. Yeah. Oh, another Meteor, theory. Whatever the Here fuck. There we go. You know, bacteria from an asteroid. Yep. We're just a disease on the planet. Matrix so the matrix is right. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Good night, folks. Yep. I was gonna do it again. <laughs> Get the outro music. But we're only we're only like twelve minutes in, so people would have been like pounding on their dashboards. <laughs> what did they do? Man, I I did get a text from one of my friends that listens that was cleaning her house and the outro came on and she's like Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was actually thinking what we should do is we should pioneer beside the grindcore version of of podcasts where they're really, really short, like 20 seconds. We should uh, pioneer the hidden song podcast. So we'll outro and then we'll wait and then start talking in like 10 minutes. Ah, yeah. It's like a post-credits yeah, thing. Yeah, there too. we go. Like yeah. See how many real listeners yeah. stick through that like you know, 10 minutes of silence. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. It's coming, people. I'm gonna, we're going to do it. Watch for it. All right. So uh, I guess we'll get on to Chemtrails Part 2. That's probably why most of you are here. You don't really care about hearing about beef sticks and bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that's a reality up in this room. Up in this bitch. <laughs> uh, so last week we talked about, in part one, uh, the existence of chemtrails, the chemtrail versus contrail theory, and then conspiracy versus geoengineering and weather modification. We kind of clarified that. And then we also played a couple clips, LBJ and then a CNBC clip, uh, where they pretty much talk about weather modification geoengineering that it's going to be a thing um and then i read some federal law stuff on uh weather modification so if you guys missed that you should probably go back and listen to that episode um because that's where kind of the meat and the potatoes are yeah but in this one we're going to kind of go into a little bit more of the uh not theory i do have some theories at the end that i'm going to kind of wrap in um but we're going to kind of talk about the logistics behind an operation like uh, weather modification or geoengineering and then also um some of the patents yeah and then maybe talk about some of dane's stuff that you you just rewatched. yeah the dimming i rewatched it i think last weekend so Mm. and you didn't do shit Nope. Except for take apart the pool table. <laughs> That's right. God damn it. <laughs> Had to call in everybody and they mama to help. Literally. Not mama. <laughs> Should have just cut a hole right here in the wall. And Chucked just, it out the just, fucking <laughs> window. <laughs> it's like a cartoon when they push the piano up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that. It's made up with a bunch of pool balls in their mouth. Yeah. So let's talk about lo- the logistics of something like geoengineering. So... <clears throat> I think about this frequently and I spend a lot of time 
just looking at Google Maps, trying to find where a potential, you know, base or something like that would be. Like how, you know, how do you, I mean, you see, you look up in the air, hopefully you guys looked up this week and saw, especially if you're here in, in our area in the Treasure Valley, you probably saw some trails. Oh, I know yeah. I saw a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's been raining all day today, so um, they created this storm for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was thinking about like the magnitude of an operation, especially if you look up on a on a good day where they're up there and they're actually drawing patterns on the sky, and you see how many airplanes and aircraft that takes to do that. And I think to myself, well, there's got to be so much behind this there's got to be a base where you can you know like bring in all the chemicals and then all the chemicals have to go onto the planes and then the planes have to lift off and come back down and then refill and all that stuff so like would they use like private airports would they do it at like a commercial regular you know international or just a normal you know regional airport to me it's like I don't necessarily think that it would be something hidden in plain sight like that because if you were going to do it at a regional airport, that means you'd probably have to use support employees Mm -hmm. that probably aren't going to be doing refueling airplanes and aircraft for their career, Mm -hmm. you know? So those people would maybe quit and then talk about it. So to me, I don't think that it's on the private sector side. It has to be on the military side because that's where you would be able to like actually control and compartmentalize and, i was gonna say yeah I, I would think it'd be compartmentalized where people even within a governmental agency yeah. don't even know what they're actually doing like yeah and sometimes like well i'm just i'm just here doing this this yeah. is the part all, i'm doing that's all yeah. i know all i do is i take this tanker and then i fill it up from this big tank right here and then we and take I fly it over this way yeah, mm-hmm. and we push it in the airplane. We don't we th- we don't know what it is. It's just, you know. So when I think about something like an operation like this, as crazy as I am about conspiracy theories, that's where my mind goes. I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it being something that's like out at, you know, just your standard. It's not everybody's out yeah. there going, yeah, yeah, let's do this, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is my job. Oh, hey, this yeah. is my job. Kind of yeah. like. How Bob Lazar was talking about yep, exactly S four is like he had one specific job. He couldn't talk to anybody else about their job. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. So I think personally it's gotta be within, you know, like some kind of a military, you know, field or, or context, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um something where access is restricted yeah. and yeah, chemicals come on base, and then they would go to the X place, get put in a tank, and then it's from mm-hmm. there it goes to here, and yep. nobody really knows the wise arming other than the people that are doing mechanics works or, you know, getting on the aircraft that can see that there's nothing in this, you know, cargo part of the plane other than these tanks that are getting filled up, but mm-hmm. they're not going to talk about it if they have a clearance or whatever, yep. you know. Yep. But they're probably also told, "Oh no, this is what this is what the this world is good. needs. Yeah. This is a good thing." Okay. Yeah. So, when I was looking around at stuff like looking on my phone, trying to find, you know, I, I think to myself, they've got to be regional, <laughs> regional like bases 
that you would, you know, fly within, I don't know, three or four hour flight one way and then back, you know, Mm -hmm. so that it's not anything too crazy where they're coming from Florida all the way up to the Northwest, you know, it's got to be like these regional little, little dotted all over the freaking map. Yeah. 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 And then going back to the DOD thing, there's a, there's been a history of DOD and the private, you know, side of this private sector, like Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, those people having, you know, governmental, you know, connected access, Mm -hmm. you know, within each other. And I mean, you could go work for Boeing and still work on a, be a a civilian employee, but you're working on classified Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. So, um, while I was looking for the locations, I'm just kind of like, you know, looking at my map. I mean, just this, this is just Google maps on, you know, on my phone or whatever. I look for the things that I see in the sky, which are the planes are usually all white or at night or, you know, in the afternoons, there'll be the gray planes, the Mm -hmm. whole gray planes. So I look around for stuff like that. And then I also kind of know when Dane was talking in, in some of his podcasts, he mentioned that the DOD had accessed, like they had retrofitted, got a contract retrofitted, like over 800 commercial aircraft for spraying operations. So I have seen with binoculars that they do look like, you know, a United flight or a Delta flight or whatever. And they're laying a chem trail that goes 70 miles. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's probably not an actual commercial flight that has people on it. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the commercial leased planes that mm-hmm. is just retrofitted for just doing mm-hmm. spraying yeah. ops. So that's the type of stuff I was looking for when I looked at the bases and I was looking at the, looking for the regional bases. And like I said, this is all based on my conjecture. This is just, you know, my opinion, but I've got three top picks in yeah. the West. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, mind if I do a J? <laughs> I was going to break that one out on you. Oh, shit. You God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. That was like your opinion, man. <laughs> Stay out of Malibu, Lebowski. Not the fucking Eagles. <laughs> Keep your ugly gold bricking ass out of my beach community. Who the fuck are the Knutsons? <laughs> I love that. I love that one. Yeah. So I got three top picks on the in the western side, Mountain West states, for where these things are probably flying out of. Number one for me is Grant County International Airport, Moses Lake, Washington. And just so that you guys in Australia or Romania or Canada that are listening in and you want to catch an international flight, make sure that you go to Grant County International Airport in Moses Lake, (laughs) which is in the middle of nowhere, but it's an international airport. We're not even international. I think the guys in Australia would probably be used to it, but yeah, because most of Australia is pretty much the same as Moses Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Only with yeah, every deadly animal fuck that known fuck to man. Yeah, in Australia? Yeah. Yeah, sorry you guys live down there, yeah. man. mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no thanks. But let's just put it out there, Moses Lake, Washington <clears throat> is not an international hotspot. Okay. <laughs> we were especially, there. Especially we were there, we but were there. especially when it's only like literally 
one hour from Spokane and it's like two and a half, like driving, we're talking driving distance, you know, it's like mm-hmm. two and a half or three hours from Seattle. So what is an international airport doing in Moses Lake? So I did a little bit of digging on that thing. Cause this, this base, when you look at it from Google maps is significant. It, it's very significant looking like a lot of aircraft are on the tarmac. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a little research on on this particular, <clears throat> excuse me, airport, and apparently they stopped flying passengers in and out of there in 2008, 9, 10, 11-ish, somewhere in that ballpark. And so for like about the last 10 years, it's just a nothing airport. No, it's an international, international airport. airport. <laughs> oh, nothing, yeah, it's an international <laughs> airport. But from what I s- saw on paper is that they're using it, Boeing uses it, for storage for planes that aren't FAA certified. Hmm. So that's why or there's... For, we got to test these. Trails. Yeah, we yeah. got to test these planes out. Yeah. So that's why there's so many airplanes on the on the tarmac when you look at it from the Google view. Were you hmm. looking at something or are going to say I'm, I'm just looking at that picture. It's crazy for kind of knowing Moses Lake. That is, airport is like, has way more runway than we've got. Yeah. Like, it's and like, we're, we're yeah, not even 60 people that live yeah. in Moses Lake. Yeah. So when I looked at that one in particular, I was just kind of, like I said, I was scrolling around looking for some kind of a location that they would be flying these things out of. And I was just kind of scrolling across the states. And I know that Washington in particular is very friendly to Boeing and the Bill Gates and that, you know, Microsoft. And he's mm-hmm. very into this stuff. So I, you know, he's probably got politicians that are paid off. So I look at things like that and like, that's probably like going to be a hot spot that in California for the West coast for, mm-hmm. you know, geoengineering or chemtrail spraying operations. So I just happened to be scrolling around and I saw this gigantic airport in the middle of nowhere with tons and tons of aircraft and a bunch of them are, you know, you'll see Southwest or Lithuania air or whatever, whatever aircraft that are sitting there on a tarmac. And those are similar to the ones that I see, that look mm-hmm. like commercial aircraft that are dropping off the, tr- the chemtrail. So I'm like, this has got to be a chemtrail op. And then what's the best part about this particular airport is this, it's not just the location, but it's the things that are directly around the airport. So on the airport is a, a company called Chemicon Materials. So I was like, huh. subtle name. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, what is Chemicon uh, Materials? And uh, it turns out that it's an alumina and aluminum production and processing facility. Now, let's be totally not batshit crazy here. They use aluminum on aircrafts, so they could be making aircraft parts, right? Mm-hmm. So that could be totally legit, or they could be making aluminum powder for spraying operations because that's one of the biggest um for solar dimming Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest reflection yeah reflection chemicals or not chemicals particles that they use so also next to it is a place called moses lake industries and then a place called astra real usa and then um genie industries which they make like lifts Mm -hmm. And stuff like that. So probably some genie. Pretty decent, you know, genie lifts or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um I believe I did a 
screenshot of what this other Moses Lake Industries is a leading supplier of high performance, high purity chemicals to all segments of semiconductor and flat panel industries, TMAH, base developers, copper plating, electrolytes, additives, custom bulk chemical blending, and alternative uh, plating chemistry uh, chemistries. So this once again could be a completely legitimate business, mm-hmm. but it could also be something that is mixing, you know, the aluminum and other chemicals for mm-hmm. spraying operations. Yeah. Hence chemical blending. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was my number one pick for, for it. Like I said, if you just look at, look at it from the aerial view, um, it's pretty intense looking. And um, it's kind of like a treasure hunt because it's with the runways. It's just a big X. Hey, look, at here yeah, we are. X marks the spot. <laughs> Get out. And there's a lot of, so if Moses Lake is not a real big town. I mean, it's, it's probably, I don't even know. The last time we went there, I don't. 99. 99. Ozfest. God damn. That's probably why they built the international airport was for. For Aussie. Aussie. It's, it's just, you know, it's a big deal. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, maybe we're just, you know. Going off the rails on a crazy train. <laughs> or we could be onto something. I don't know. Anyway, so number two pick in the Pacific Northwest is a place called Alt Field on Whidbey Island, Washington. Uh, man, what's interesting about this particular location is that this part of Whidbey Island, or the entire thing, I couldn't tell for sure, is like a naval. Uh, and basically a naval base so it's restricted access everything that's on mm-hmm. or in that area of alt field is you know for military military families so like the the town everything i think it's called oak harbor everything is based around the military families um but when you look at the runway it's packed full of the white navy planes the all white navy planes and then there's a couple like the gray U, uh, USAF planes that are also on it. Um, so when I look at that location, to me, I think well, that'd be a prime spot for these type of operations because you control the entire island. There's mm-hmm. no looky loos. There's no people, you know, looking, getting ready to fly out of, you know, wherever, going to Hawaii on their vacation, looking over and going. What are they doing with all those tanks in that plane, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, access is obviously going to be restricted. And then the other thing that was interesting about this location is it's directly north of Oakville, Washington. So Oakville, Washington, for those of you that aren't familiar with this uh, scenario, back in August 7th, 1994, Oakville, Washington experienced like these weird rain rainfalls and it was like six times in three weeks it was this gelatinous jello type of rain that was raining on these people they thought that the the the, i've heard different um descriptions that some were saying that it was like handfuls you could pick it up and it was like handfuls of jelly Mm -hmm. and then there was ones where it was like these little, about the size of, you know, a grain of rice or a little bit bigger that was kind of like fat gel looking mm-hmm. 
material. So like, like a jelly bean or something. And they were everywhere to the point where people couldn't see through their windshields. Mm -hmm. You know, it was everywhere in this town and it was only in this specific town, which this town is like kind of like West Northwest of the capital Olympia. Well, after the rain, people were getting like these really, really bad flu-like symptoms for like two to seven weeks is what it was lasting. So these people were getting really sick and they had made the complaints. There was actually some police officers that had 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 been exposed while they were out, you know, working and they had a state lab guy come out and take some samples. So they had taken two samples and then mysteriously enough, the samples ended up going missing. And uh, I'll just read you a couple captions of what these people were saying in the interview. And I think Unsolved Mysteries did a, a episode on this. So. <clears throat> I just watched that. Um, at least everything that was on, I think, on Prime that they had. Yeah, I heard but, it on another podcast, too. It was pretty good. Not as good as this. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> you almost made us lose some listeners. People would be like, what podcast is that? I'm going. I'm like, I did not disclose the name. <laughs> it was definitely didn't start with a J and end with an O. Rogan experience. <laughs> Wasn't that one, but. Because, okay, <laughs> Joe, we're coming for you and your ratings, son. Anyway, so back to the, the town of Oakville. Um, one of the d- descriptions, and this is from an article, from a, a news article that had happened like 20 years Uh, they did like a 20 year anniversary. And so um, somebody had said everybody in the whole town came down with something like the flu, only it was really hard flu that lasted from seven weeks to two or three months. Um, So they ended up taking a couple samples. They sent them off to the state lab and they said, we found two organisms, Pseudomonas floresiens and Enterobacter colicae said McDowell, who added these organisms, could lead to severe illness. So I, oh, and then I'll continue what he's saying. He said, I came in and the material was not there where it was supposed to be. I asked management what happened to it, and the exact words were, do not ask. So I just did a, a quick search of Pseudomonas floresian symptoms, and it did says- Did you do that on Google? Yeah. Dude. I'm always on Google. <laughs> I'm flagged, dude. It's, it's a lost cause at this point. So anyway, um, the presence of through it through the blood, um, and here's the symptoms, chills, fever, nausea, vomiting. Um, and that usually that stuff comes from the, uh, so the pseudomonas, pseudomonas floresius was seen in like, in bacteria in food, like exposed food, mm-hmm. food that sat out for a long time or whatever. So that was kind of like, you know, like a food illness symptom. Foodborne kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, food yeah. poisoning type of symptom. And then the enter, uh, enterbacter cloacoi has been used, and this is just from Wikipedia, has been used in bioreactor-based methods of biodegradation of explosives and in the biological control of plant diseases. Um, and the symptoms of the interbacterial cloacae is usually clinical. It came from like blood poisoning, inflammation of the skin, tissues, respiratory tract, and organs. 
Um, also infection of urinary, urinary tract and endocarditis is possible. So just found that that was pretty, pretty wild that, you know, 94, these people all experienced something almost like they had some kind of a biological agent dropped on them, mm-hmm. you know, nobody else really did around that area. So, yeah. And it's proximity to that yeah. outfield. And that's what kind of was, mm-hmm. to me, seemed kind of weird was that it was literally like a straight southern flight from Altfield. Let's give it a little test here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my number three pick is Travis Air Force Base in Vacaville, Vaca, Vacaville, Vacaville, whatever it's called, California. Um, when you look at this particular uh, location from Google Maps or whatever, you'll see a lot of gray aircraft. So it's, it's a mil- it's a U- Air Force base. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at the very southeast corner of this thing, it's almost got like its own section of like a separate location, which is a bunch of white planes that are all unmarked. And then they're all right next to like, you know, round tanks that look like they could be, you know, refueling or mm-hmm. chemical storage locations or whatever. And then... What I found interesting in the area was that it's relatively close to uh, this this Air Force base is right by the uh, Clorox manufacturing. So it could be unrelated. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just making bleach and shit to mm-hmm. disinfect, but maybe they're also making other chemicals for spraying operations. Now, I don't know. Did you say yeah. white planes? White planes. White privilege. God Why? damn it. My bad. No. <laughs> so, um, like I said, when I was looking at the, the potential for, you know, a, a regional operation, those were my three picks for this mm-hmm. area. You know, I think if, if they were flying from, from there to us, we're only a two hour flight from Seattle. We're a two hour mm-hmm. flight from, from here to San Francisco Bay area. So, very easily you could fly multiple mm-hmm. you know johnson and hit all of the northwest from those locations yep mm-hmm. you know very easy mm-hmm. um do you guys have anything else on that did you happen to look like any no. further east oh yeah i did <laughs> i did but um i didn't bring any of that stuff i didn't come prepared to talk about that okay. isn't it i was just but, curious because it, it would kind of make sense that they're just you know going from base to base you know like yeah, circuit. that's kind of what I thought. And I know there had been, it was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. There was a, a couple years ago, there was a newspaper article in there about how, you know, the people at that region, it was a small regional airport, saw a unmarked white plane that landed there and they were taking pictures of it with their cell phones. And nobody would say what it was, that it was a private aircraft. They had to kind of shut down the airspace for it to come in. And hmm. so, I mean, maybe it was a, a pre-presidential type of aircraft or, you know, a U.S. Marshals transport plane or, yeah. or it was one of these white chemical planes that was landing for some reason there. Maybe they had some trouble, but it was on the air, you know, the runway for a day or so and then, and then disappeared. So... I did R and R, bitch. Yeah, go skiing. <laughs> Landing in uh, Jackson Hole and getting my per diem. <laughs> uh, but 
I, I kind of thought, you know, maybe Salt Lake, somewhere west of Salt Lake would be a good, especially out in that Skull Valley where there's nothing out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing out there is that army base. Um, uh, can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, I don't know either. But anyway, you know, there's a big, big army base out in, mm-hmm. I think it's like southwest of Tooele. Um, it'll come to me and then I'll blurt it out and you guys will be like, what? And then I'll just, <laughs> what yeah. Huh? But anyway, so I did find some other weather wing, U.S. Air Force weather wing locations that were in like Oklahoma or ne- Nebraska, kind of in the, in the breadbasket region of the mm-hmm. United States. And then I kind of stopped my search from there, but yeah. it seems like. You know, the Air Force has the weather wing, like, and I get it. Like, they do a lot of flying and they do operations that deal with, you know, rely on the weather for taking off landing and things like that. But, yeah, you know, they've also been involved in a lot of other, in the past, not now, of course, but in the past, like the 50s and 60s and some other shady stuff, like namely MK Ultra and mm-hmm. Whoa, well, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> So, um, get into some of the patents now that kind of deal with climate, you know, modification or in geoengineering, weather modification. Mm -hmm. These patents go back to like 1891. So there's like a producing rainfall patent from 1891. And if you want to read it, just go to geoengineeringwatch.org and Dane's got, I don't know, 300 patents on there. Mm -hmm. So you literally could spend... Everything in the world is on that website. Anything, everything that has ever existed is on there. All of so Hate just, Breed's lyrics are on there. Holy weird. shit! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's there's a lot of stuff on that yeah. website. It's like overkill when you go on it. You're just like, oh, what the? Now yeah. is the time for me to spring <laughs> some trails. <laughs> yep. I think those are the exact lyrics. Yeah, I, that's what people don't know. Yeah. You actually have to read them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a patent form. <laughs> you can look that up, too. <laughs> so let me bring up my notes here, and uh, I'll bring up a couple patents that I'll just... I'm not going to read through all of the patents just because it would take too long, and you guys would be super bored. So I'm going to read... The first one is the aerial delivery system, and it's US 741314-5B2. Um, and then it's on here, the John C. Hale, Christopher Harris, and Daniel Kotman were the inventors. But here's the abstract for this particular patent, which I said is an aerial delivery system. So it says, a method and apparatus for aerial fire suppression using a portable sorry, potable fire retardant chemical dispensing system readily adaptable without extensive aircraft modification to various aircraft, makes of aircraft for dispersing, dispensing, sorry, my font is a little small here, for dispensing current types of forest and range fire fighting chemicals. The aerial delivery system is itself contained and reusable. It enables cargo utility aircraft to carry and dump a load under control. The aerial delivery system is capable of attachments and the wing box pressurized delivery from nozzles and nozzles directed straight downward. That's completely legitimate, right? It's firefighting, Mm -hmm. but 
I've never seen, and I've lived in this area my whole life, and we've been out camping before and like scouts and been really close to some of these fires, and I've never seen an aircraft fly over and drop anything out of a nozzle. They mm-hmm. drop all of the retardant out of the bottom of that thing, and it gets everywhere. Like It got to the point where my buddies, you know, Mike and Tyler Sasser, mm-hmm. they got dumped on, like they got the red shit on them. So I've never seen an aircraft going through and spraying this yeah. like from a tiny nozzle. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's a description of the, of the aircraft and it's got, you know, like a little diagram and stuff. So I kept reading. And then if you go down to a little bit further where they get into the actual, you know, meat and potatoes of the, of the patent number two, the system of claim number one, wherein the material tanks and configured to contain material selected from the group consisting of at least a water gel decontaminated compound, weather modification compound, oil spill treatment compound, and firefighting compound. So, like hidden in the <laughs> language, is, in yeah, there. hidden oh, yeah, in and, the language weather is weather, mo- weather okay. modification. So, okay. it, like we talked about, is the, the text smaller <laughs> for that? Yeah, like there's put like an asterisk <laughs> put in between, like all the words. Yeah, so. It, you know, decontamination compound, weather modification, oil spill just, treatment. Everybody oh, will yeah. yeah, they'll gloss over that. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So here's a second patent I'll read out. It's a hurricane and tornado control device, US 200-300-852-96A1. And I can't pronounce this guy's name, but he's the one that uh, got it. So here's the abstract. Try the guy's name. Try it. Andrew Waxmaskinaski. There you go. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, easy. <laughs> Actually, it's Waxmanaski. Mansky. Wax. Waxmansky. You gotta have so many damn vowels and letters and consonants in color blacky. Anyway, so he's well, cool with that guy. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> he's cool. Here's the abstract. Um, a method is disclosed for affecting the formation and or direction of a low atmospheric weather system. Audio generators are positioned to project sound waves toward a peripheral area of the weather system. The sound waves are generated at frequencies to affect the formation of the weather system in a manner to disrupt, enhance, or direct the formation. Hmm. Why would you want to enhance it? Something tells me that's... Uh... Probably works congruently with harp. Yeah. So, and then it finishes off the abstract saying the sound waves can also be projected in a manner to cause the system to produce rain. So, and that is under the hurricane and tornado control device. Like, that's the title of that. Wow. So, if anybody has ever seen the G.I. Joe cartoon, Cobra had it down. Mm. Yeah. They were controlling the weather back then. Yep. Yeah. 80s cartoons and then i've got i think two more here that are you know this is united states patent application for planetary weather modification system this one's badass and this is number 2021 so relatively new this is from uh, february 11 2021 and it's 00377191 a1 and here's the abstract dude this is awesome 
a planetary weather modification system comprised of plurality of solar-powered unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs, hmm. in communication via a communication network. The UAVs receive a flight instruction to fly in close prox- proximity so as to block the light emanating from the sun and casting a shadow on the surface of the Earth. The UAVs may fly in circular formation, elliptical formation, rectangular formation, or vertical column formation. The number of the plurality of UAVs may may be large enough so as to affect the temperature within the umbral diameter of the shadow so cast on the surface of the Earth. So that's like a cloud of... (laughs) UAVs, dude. Yeah. Wow. That's totally normal. Yeah, that's what's going on. (laughs) A cloud of... Which is fine. A cloud of drones, dude. It's like... (laughs) Can you imagine? Like, you're like, man, that cloud looks weird. Ah, it looks... Dude. (laughs) A cloud of drones, people. That's leaving a shadow. (laughs) That's big enough to leave a shadow on Earth. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, and so here's, I think this is the last one. This is aerial uh, electrostatic system for weather modification. So this is directly related to when I was talking last week about the uh, Dubai, Mm. how they were like creating uh, rainstorms. So this would be the same type of thing. And this is from November 18th, 2021. And it's patent or publication number US 2021-035-2856A1. The system uses a specifically modified spray assembly to spray electrically charged fluid into selected clouds. In addition to rain enhancement, the system is also designed for snow enhancement, hail suppression, fog dissipation, and smog remediation. So they would spray it and then zap it with electricity and then bam, you got alchemical effects on the weather. You know what? All I got to say to you, dude, um, this is uh, Daniel Martin, College State Station, Texas. All I got to say to you, dude, is you don't even need your stupid invention. All you need is Jack Parsons and the Babylon working ritual <laughs> beating off over some bad Babylonian tablets. That's all you need, dude. You didn't need to invent this. You need L. Ron Hubbard and yourself. Coaching in the Coaching back. you. Dude. Oh, these people. I'm baiting. Go away. Uh, You're supposed to be my lawyer. I object. Dude. Like, these guys don't know anything. You think, you scientists think you know, you think you know so much, you don't know, you don't know shit. Anyway. So... And then there, there's a patent. I think it's. Uh, I'll just bring it up here. It's uh, patent number three three six one three nine nine two from 1971. It was weather modification method. It talked about seeding clouds with potassium for rain and snow. So this goes way back, hundred years. I mean, there's a bunch of like weather modification patents that happened in the early 1900s. And to me, I kind of thought. Well, didn't we have a giant dust bowl that created the Great Depression in the 1930s? Was that a result of mm-hmm. weather modification? Because one of the things... Early on. Yeah, to figure out exactly. Because one of the things is like when you're spraying aluminum into the atmosphere, one of the side effects is 
reduction of of moisture because the aluminum absorbs that moisture Mm -hmm. and dane talks about it in in the dimming documentary so that's one of the so when we see these guys flying through and they're just drawing trails on the sky and we live in the pacific northwest where there's a lot of trees and all the trees are dying it's because the aluminum that's it's sucking up the moisture we don't have moisture in the atmosphere to replenish these trees Mm -hmm. so i think this would be a good time to bring up this jackass (laughs) <laughs> this guy's a worm dude yeah, horse's ass lie. i'm not gonna lie this dude's a worm his name's david keith and he's a a, a geoengineer he's a weather modifier so i'm gonna play a real quick real quick clip of his he's uh being interviewed in 2012 by a bbc hard talk and this is like a one minute minute and a half clip and this is him talking about he's getting kind of grilled over weather modification and so just hear what he has to say Isn't there a problem, though, that you could end up with different effects in different parts of the world? I mean, you could, for example, find that although you're reducing the amount of uh, sunlight and the amount, therefore, that the Earth is is warming up, rainfall is affected in different ways in different parts of the world. Absolutely. And and again, we've spent a lot of time looking at exactly that and publishing papers on that that topic. And and what conclusions have you drawn? The conclusions is it is not exactly equal, just like climate change. So climate change itself, driven by CO2, is not equal. It affects different people, different industries, different parts of the biosphere in different ways. And so too, solar radiation management will not be equal. I guess the problem could be that if you ended up uh, having a, or a country ended up, having a scheme whereby they had solar radiation management over their country, but the effect was that the country next door uh, ended up getting a lot less rainfall, which is one of the uh, feared consequences of this, then you could almost end up with a a, a cause for conflict. Yes, I think this is precisely where the sort of hard geopolitical issues arise. I mean, to put it in a kind of crude way, whose hand is on the thermostat? Essentially, the the scientists and technocrats, including myself, I guess, are helping to invent a thermostat knob. But it's much easier to invent the knob than to figure out who should be in charge of it in a world with many states. No, indeed, and I want... Turd. This dude is way smarter than me. He's a freaking germ, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, bro, come on, man. Oh, yeah. Close my phone out. So... Right from the horse's mouth, boom. Yep. Once again, end of podcast. Yep. Yep. Later. See it. Peace. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> We're still here. Oh, yeah. We didn't go anywhere. Psych. This <laughs> is the hidden track of this. Is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna play it backwards, and then you'll have to play it backwards to hear it. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, would that work? And we're all not wearing any clothes. Mm-hmm. We're wearing band merch. <laughs> <laughs> we had some. Uh, what was it? It was like a. Some kind of like a banana hammock. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. No, no, no. That 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 you had back in the day, and we were gonna we were gonna make it into band merch, and we were gonna fling it out. Remember? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it was like God a damn. it was like a tiny banana hammock. Yeah, yeah. We should have done that. We still can. Yeah, fling it out the window here. <laughs> <laughs> Just like lands on somebody walking by, walking their dogs. What's going What's on? What's up? <laughs> so. Anyway, pool table falls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to talk maybe a little bit about the flying lab thing. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, so in that, uh, the dimming documentary, one thing that was really cool in that, um, one of the, I can't remember the guy's name, 
but some scientist. Yeah. Um, he actually put together, um, like a testing process. Um, they, he rented, uh, like chartered a plane, had like testing equipment on the plane and then went and flew up through these trails to like get the, you know, composition of the trails. Um, their, I can't remember if it was their first test or the second test. They um, they didn't get clearance from the FAA to fly up into the the trails themselves. I, it was I, the first one when they were on the East Coast. Yeah. Because they could see the confluent layer mm-hmm. and they wanted to get to it. And FAA was like, negative Ghost Rider, you're <laughs> restricted to 17,000 airspace. Yeah. And I think it was because Just they like didn't that. have like a pressurized cabin on that or something haven't they uh, ever seen cares? fucking top gun yeah Man, dude you don't listen to that shit you just fly you just, you just inverted the tower <laughs> we we were inverted yeah. <laughs> um and so they um i can't remember the they had some nozzles on the plane that were like taking air samples and they had separate filters for different um altitudes and everything um they were changing those out and documenting where in the flight that this filter came from and everything um, and then they took those and had a scanning electron microscope tests done to identify what was in those um, each of those filters at the different altitudes it was really cool like the, there was a lot of the aluminum that uh, Jake was talking about earlier in it um, there's strontium strontium i think barium barium sulfate yeah and just like looking or like seeing people actually going out and testing these things they kind of like made up you know proof positive that they're not a con condensation trail yeah and they also talk in there about how aluminum cannot enter the body unless it's through inhalation or injection. Mm-hmm. And then once these chemicals are in the body, they stay there. They're there forever. And they just yeah. continue to build up over time. And so I jumped on the NIH's website and just did a search of what aluminum uh, symptoms or exposures would be. And it just says intake of Aluminum is by inhalation or aer- of aerosols or particulars, ingestion of food, water, medic- m- medicaments, I don't know what that word is, skin contact, vaccination, dialysis and infusion, toxic action- actions of aluminum induce um, ioxidative stress, immune- immunological alterations, genotoxicity, pro-inflammatory effect, peptide den- denaturation or transformation, enzymatic dysfunction, metabolic derangement, and then it goes on and on and on. And it just says that it's related to uh, fibrosis, toxic myocarditis, thrombosis, eczemic stroke, Crohn's disease, IBS, um, anemia, anemia, Alzheimer's disease, dementia. I mean, it just keeps going on and on and on. What about alopecia? Is that on there? That is not. <laughs> that is not on there. Uh, okay. Just checking. Yeah. 
Do we need to slap you? Yeah. <laughs> Keep my wife's name out your mouth. <laughs> that was pretty good. I should have won an Academy Award for that. Yeah, yeah. damn. Anyway. It's funny. Um, a lot of that. <clears throat> like, especially like the Crohn's and the IBS, Alzheimer's, all that stuff is just like skyrocketed in the last 20 years. And no, it hasn't, dude. You're a yeah, liar. You're sorry. a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Debunked. Yep. Snopes. Debunked. Get out of here. All right. Well, <laughs> later, dude. Later. Take your clothes off before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want that shirt. <laughs> Luke's wearing a Don't Tread on Me polo. Yep. So professional, casual, yet at the same time, statement. anarchist. <laughs> Making a statement. <laughs> Domestic terrorist. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Domestic terrorist. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know. I, Yeah, Luke's exactly right. Shit's been on the rise like big time. And, mm-hmm. you know, another thing that Dane talks, I keep plugging the dude, but he talks about how uh, trees die off because of uh, aluminum plugging up the roots, the root mm-hmm. systems from being able to, you know, absorb water in the roots. And people will say, but, 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 but guys, aluminum comes from the soil, which it does, but it doesn't come in that particular form, yeah. like powdered nanoparticle, mm-hmm. which, uh, these nanoparticles are like, they were saying that one nanoparticle is like a hundred times, uh, smaller than a human hair. I mean, yeah. it's like, tiny mm-hmm. and that stuff can cross the blood brain barrier yep. and like uh, be passed down into uh fetus and all that kind of shit yeah so i don't know oh and then i had a correction from last week i should have done this in the beginning but it was operation ranch hand that was the vietnam defoliation project mm. popeye was a different one but ranch hand was the one where they were hitting the ho chi minh trail and defoliating that yeah. thing. So, my bad. <laughs> um, That's a good album. Or is it Defloriate? I can't remember. Black Dolly Murder. Mm-hmm. I never liked those guys. Huh? Huh. That's good shit. Didn't we play with those dudes? I don't think we played with them. I know we played with Unearth, but I thought that they were. I thought they were on that bill. Maybe. It seems like I, we, I can't we remember did. now. I know uh, all that remains was on that bill. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I can't remember. Mm. I know Tony was big into him. I never got into him. Mm. Did like Black Dahlia though? Yeah, Berg's yep. band. Yep. Mm-hmm. Them guys are badass. Yep. yep. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Digress. <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's talk about harp real quick and kind of something we should probably bring up so harp is i don't i can't remember what the acronyms for high altitude auroral something research program i think so so uh, jake's bringing it up here. sorry that's like freaking yeah you geez, probably hear it. sorry <laughs> you hear not the band I, I did see them play high frequency active auroral research program i was right on the last part so that was good um so it's up in alaska and it's like the, all these crazy like beaming towers and stuff and they said that on paper shit, yeah. yeah they said on paper that it's like to communicate like it bounces rf frequency up into the atmosphere and the ionosphere 
and then back down so that they can communicate with submarines and stuff. So sounds totally legit. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's fine. But the thing is about Harp is that they're actually controlling the weather by shooting um, like heated nanoparticles into the ionosphere mm-hmm. by microwave. And then that allows them to kind of like steer and direct yeah. the mm-hmm. weather. So they'll end up trying to redirect the cold air up into the polar ice cap region to keep the, you know, the polar caps frozen and it creates heat domes like what we had last year where it's just like parks mm-hmm. right over like the Pacific Northwest. And then it's just like, you remember when you were a kid and you used to take a magnifying glass and like burn mm-hmm. up ants. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's kind of like essentially what we are where the ants getting burned up by the sun mm-hmm. and you can feel it, dude, just going out and standing in the sun. Now it's like, you can just feel that radiant heat. That's like UV radiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like intense. I used to be able to go like, and I was never a person that wore sunscreen and I don't tan well at all. I just burn. But yeah. usually I would not burn until like I was outside for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. This was like 20 years ago. Now it's like 15 minutes. If I'm out there 20 minutes without sunscreen, boom, I'm burned. Yep. It's insane. I uh, Every year I sunburn my scalp and every year I'm like, oh shit, I need to put on some sunscreen. And then, like, half hour later, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. My head is burned. <laughs> yeah. No sense now. Yep. It's just intense now, dude. So we were at uh, the water park. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Me and Luke went to uh, Roaring Springs. We were, like, in our 20s. And we were the only people there in our 20s. Like, everybody else was, like, 12. <laughs> We kept going to the same water slide, the one that like drops down like a taco. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Had band practice after that, and our backs were so fucking oh, sunburned. Right. Like, yeah, because you were in Arizona. No, I was here. I remember. Why didn't you go? Don't because like I water. hate fun. Yeah, <laughs> remember? Yeah, I hate fun. That's Darth Hater. Yeah. Darth Hater. I remember that though. Yeah. I just saw you guys off. You kids have fun, okay? <laughs> Don't talk to strangers now. Now that I know how many kids pee in those pools, <laughs> hell no. <nah. Yeah. laughs> hell no. <nah. laughs> I'm going there now. Yep. <laughs> Turds and stuff floating in the water. <laughs> Jeez, dude. You nope. Are, you guys are disgusting. Yeah. Yep. We hit the wave pool. Those fun times. I'm a disgusting human being. Yes. Thank you. Um, so a couple other things on, uh, <clears throat> and we'll kind of finish this off, is uh, the frozen rain and the fro- the ice storms that you'll see or the ice rain that you see, especially around here, happened about two years ago where it'd just be like frozen ice hanging off all the plants. That's actually like chemical ice nucleation. That's not real ice. That's a chemical version of it. So... Don't eat it. Don't lick it. Don't lick it. That's why they say don't eat the snow. And I used to love eating snow. Mm -hmm. Now I know what's wrong with me. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Get too much aluminium in your brain. Yeah. It's not going to be good in a couple years. (laughs) 
So I guess to close it out, man, the, the thing that kind of kept coming up to me through all of this is that you can control the weather by spraying particulates, you know, aluminum specifically into the atmosphere, and then you can redirect it by, you know, microwave heat into the ionosphere. You can steer and turn. You can use, you know, sound, like they mm-hmm. said in the uh, hurricane and tornado pattern, that you could, you know, at certain megahertz or gigahertz or whatever, you could you could start to steer and manipulate the weather. Mm-hmm. Well, all of these materials are in our bodies, in our brains. Like, is there a potential possibility that they could steer and manipulate people? Yep. Yeah, who needs you know? MK Ultra when you can <clears throat> Or maybe this was just now. one giant, you know, like population, depopulation, weather modification, population control, triple whammy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what this was for the last 30 years or whatever. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Think about it. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. <laughs> anyway yeah i i think there's enough information in these podcasts that anybody should be able to look at it and go yeah i think that's a real thing at least do a hmm maybe i'll look at that yeah you know you don't have to be into into it totally but there's little things that are hard to ignore like when you see the crazy trails and shit mm-hmm. yeah google and it's like come on it's like they can tell you it's that's regular air traffic but they're telling you on the other side of the coin that it's weather modification they're saying yeah, they're, exactly. they're doing sun dimming yeah. operations yeah. yeah but they they tell you no 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 that's just regular air traffic and those are just contrails but when you can you know we are outside quite a bit and we have a lot of air traffic over us and shit like that mm-hmm. but it's like sit there and watch and you can see what's normal mm-hmm. like a normal contrail and what yeah. is not could you imagine if in the winter time when you're outside and it's freezing and you can see your breath if it was like <laughs> the camp trails for everybody yeah <laughs> <laughs> Digging through that shit. <laughs> it just becomes a cloud. <laughs> it's like Linus from <laughs> Snoopy or whatever. Everywhere he goes, he's got that freaking cloud of dirt hanging around. Oh, pig pen. Yeah, pig, pig pen. pen. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. Digging through it. Let's see here. Yeah. I don't know. Look up, check it out. Especially you'll see him most of the times in the spring and the in the fall. And then you'll start to see him a little, a lot of times in the winter as well. It seems like summertime is not as much, but right now is prime time so be looking up check it out mm-hmm. we're at the end of our uh time slot here so a bunch of bad breath trails in here mm-hmm. i can yeah, barely see you motherfuckers <laughs> yeah it's all green from across the room <laughs> so we appreciate you guys sticking with us and uh listening in on another uh episode and um this was number 10 holy number 10. shit so numero 10. <laughs> yeah, I was say, what's yep. the 10? Numero, yep, I don't know. Yes, yep. something. So, shout out to the dudes I met this weekend that were fans of the podcast. Oh. You guys are badass. Yeah. 
Thanks to all the listeners out there. Anybody else that's dropping any comments, good or bad or ugly, we appreciate it. And um, we'll uh, catch you on the next one. We don't know what we're talking about next week. It'll be a surprise, y'all. Ooh. See you later. Later. Later.